Greetings, dear listeners. Welcome back to another Blue Collar Lutherans podcast, where we have casual conversations about Lutheran theology uh, and how it affects our everyday lives. Uh, today, we are going to be answering a listener question. Well, we, as in me, Vicar Winkler, uh, we we don't have Matt here today with us, um, or a guest, just Vicar Winkler. And today's uh, listener question is, uh, how do I study the Bible? Very simple, very good question, and also very simple uh, question. But first, we have a farming fun fact for you today. Uh, so before we get into that fun fact, I want you to think of how many people live in your neighborhood or work in your organization that you're with uh, to give it a better perspective of this fun fact. Or perhaps if you're a high schooler or in college, think of your graduating class or or what have you. Um, the average farmer in the United States today is responsible for growing and harvesting food that could feed 165 people here in America and overseas a year. And this is according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. Uh, The large number of people, so 165 people whose daily meals come from a single person, is rather staggering to consider. Um, So the next time you're eating some food, uh, eating a burger or uh any other type of food uh think of a farmer uh, somebody's work produced that and and brought it to you okay a farmer can produce enough food for at least 165 people that's that's incredible okay now on to our question is how do i study the bible and and first before i kind of answer into the weeds um, I like to go 50,000 feet in the air. So what I'm going to do is tell you, you know, three philosophical or three frameworks you should work from every single time you go and study Scripture. Uh, and then I'll get into some things that you can do to help you study that Scripture. Um, so first... Um, Let's see here. Uh, Studying the Bible can seem like a daunting task at first. It's ancient texts. It's it's old, old books that were written across a vast period of time. Uh, It can be kind of hard, but it's worth studying. Uh, And even if you wanted to know how uh, in the world you can begin, uh, here is uh, one thing to, to think about. So here's some research that has been made. There's 88% of American households own at least one Bible, with an average of nearly five Bibles in every home. However, now, skepticism of the Bible is at an all-time high. Um, It's at the highest level, but researchers also note that it's not due to a growing number of people reading and then rejecting the Bible, but it's because readership is down and growing skepticism toward the Bible is driven in part just by people not knowing what's in Scripture. They're, they're simply just kind of ignorant of it. Um, <laughs> and critics often argue that the Bible is unworthy of personal study on the grounds that the Gospels, the parts that tell us specifically about Jesus and his life, cannot be trusted as history. Uh, and the rest of the Bible can't be trusted um, as well because of that. So... 
There's a book that I want to reference. It's by Timothy Keller. Uh, it's a best-selling book, and it's called The Reason for God. And he counters this argument in three ways. Uh, he says the contents of the Gospels are too early. Uh, they're too early. And what he means by too early is they were written within the lifespan of eyewitnesses who could have countered any falsehood uh, to counter uh, uh, to, to counter any falsehood that that were written in there. It was too soon to Jesus's actual life. There were people that were alive that saw it as it was written. The second thing is that it's counterproductive. The hero dies and the apostles are often, the disciples are often seen as pretty dumb uh, in scripture. (laughs) And another thing is that it's too detailed and realistic to be fiction. Uh, realistic fiction didn't exist as a genre at the time. So there's three things that it it was written too early. Uh, It was written during the time when people could have said like, hey, these guys are lying. Uh, It was um, counterproductive. So they put details and information in there that would make them look bad and made the disciples look bad. Uh, And God dies in it, but he also rises again. Um, And then lastly... Um, it was extremely detailed and realistic fiction did not exist at the time. Uh, Keller argues that, that any of the cultural offense in the Bible can be explained by understanding it in its original setting. So, uh, that's going to lead to my first thing is you have to read scripture. This is, so this is the first framework. You have to read scripture in its context, you have to read it in its context. The Bible is a collection of different writings. Um, it's narrative. It's poetry. There's genealogies. There's apocalyptic books, which sounds scary and, and wild, but it has an intended and specific original audience that it was meant to be written for. The Bible, or any book for that matter, uh cannot be fully understood without taking the original context into consideration. Um, So that's one thing that you need to think about is context. Uh, The next thing is that you need to read it in community. You have to read it in community. Uh, So don't just simply read scripture alone. Um, it wouldn't be a bad idea to do that, <laughs> uh, but you read it with people. Uh, bring voices other than your own to help inform what you are reading. It can help shape you. It can say you could read something and, and get something totally not what Scripture was meaning to say out of something. Um, <coughs> so I would suggest to join a Bible study. Um, to study the Bible. Uh, Go to your local Lutheran church and ask to be a part of a Bible study. Uh, Meet up with a friend who you think is more familiar with Scripture than you and read the Bible together. Uh, Welcome insights from individuals who have gone and uh, sought out Scripture before you. Uh, There are many, many books that can help explain Scripture. There's commentaries. There's people throughout history that um, were way smarter than you and me that have read and searched the Scriptures and found their meaning 
in them. Um, the the Bible has so many authors and genres and things like that that it can be complicated. So read the Bible in community. Uh, <coughs> and in doing so, you can also make sure that um, you are reading the Bible in a way that's how it's been understood for thousands of years. Uh, you don't want to stray away from how individuals in the early church read the Bible uh, because they had the disciples teaching them. You, you want to stay orthodox. Uh, and then lastly, so you have first, you want to read it in context. You want to read it in community. So don't, it's not a thing to do in isolation. Um, and lastly, you want to read it in Christ. Uh, and, <coughs> excuse me, everything in Scripture is about the, the person, uh, work, and nature of Christ Jesus. Uh, and we believe, teach, and confess that everything in the Old Testament, the first 39 books, point to Jesus and to his life, his death, his resurrection, and everything in the New Testament. The other 27 books, they flow from him. Um, and one of the most common mistakes that can be made when studying the Bible uh, is to <laughs> be narcissistic. Um, it's called eisegesis. It's called narcissistic eisegesis. It's a big word of essentially saying that you are reading yourself, your current context, your ideas and thoughts into Scripture. You're assuming that a verse or the books of the Bible have meaning and they find it because how it applies to you um, in your current culture and in your current day. Now, that doesn't mean that that scripture doesn't apply to you, but it doesn't mean that you should apply um, all of your biases and uh, all of your presuppositions uh, into scripture. You have to take it as it is, the plain meaning of it. Um, yeah, so those are kind of the three big things is you want to read it in Christ. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest, the most important one is read it in Christ because that is how the church has read scripture since the, the beginning of the church is that it's, it's all about Jesus. There's this common theme of him. Uh, you want to read it in context. So you want to know what the author, who, who was the author, um, writing to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, who, who, uh, who were the, was the original audience? What was the point of what they're writing? Uh, and then lastly, you want to uh, read it in community with people. Oh, and another thing that I totally forgot to mention is something that will help you study scripture and to do those three things is get a really good study Bible. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of study Bibles out there. One of my favorites, which will give you all of that, it'll give you insights from community from forever ago. It'll give you context. It will show you um, how Christ is in everything, is the Lutheran Study Bible. My heavens, it is so good. <laughs> it's uh, I love the Lutheran Study Bible. It's big. It's kind of clunky. Uh, they have smaller ones, but oh man, that's... That's a great place to start. So now I've kind of done the framework. Again, read it in context, in community, in Christ. Now here are uh, one, two, three, four, five simple questions that you can ask uh, to help you think about Scripture 
well. Um, and then it can also lead to help you to, uh, um, in Bible studies, it can help you ask the right questions of your to your pastor or your friends. Um, so this is kind of getting into the weeds. When you sit down, you open up the Bible. Uh, first, what you want to do is you want to pray. You want to ask God to open up the scriptures to you to allow the Holy Spirit to help you understand what you are reading, uh, to point out what you need to hear. Uh, so the first question then, after you pray, is read the text, then probably read it again, and then maybe read it a third time, and then ask, what stuck out to me? What is the Spirit showing me? Perhaps uh, there is a word of law in here and something that I need to hear uh, that's going on in my life. The, perhaps uh, there's a specific piece of gospel that's that's oh, so enlightening and so freeing. Uh, maybe there's something that causes you to think and it leads you to have other questions or or reminds you of another passage that you can go to. Again, what stuck out to you? The next thing would be, well, what questions do you have? Uh, did Did the author say something weird that sounds controversial and strange? Um, are there names being thrown around that you don't really know who these people are? Um, uh, was the way that the sentences were formed just flat out confusing? That can happen. So write down those questions. Write them down uh, in a little notebook. Keep them with you. Uh, ask people about them. If you go to a Bible study, ask about them. If you uh, know your pastor, email him. Call him. Uh, he would love to answer your questions about studying the Bible. The next uh, is, how does this passage, so whatever part of the Bible I'm reading, how does this passage relate to the work, person, and nature of Christ? Um, No matter where you are reading in Scripture, whether it's Genesis, whether it's uh, Numbers, whether you are in the book of Jude, uh, wherever you are reading in Scripture, ask the question, how does this relate to the work of Jesus, to the person of Jesus, and to the nature of Jesus? Uh, And by the work of Jesus, that means, you know, how, how does this lead to what he has done for me? Uh, to the person of Jesus, what what does this reveal to me about Christ? Is he loving? Is he patient? Is he kind? Is he da-da-da-da-da? And then the nature of Christ, does it show his divinity? Does it show that he's human like us? Does it show me that uh, he has authority over all things, that he is Lord? What does this passage relate to the work, person, and nature of Christ? Uh, next is what commands or promises are made known. So that's that's the law gospel question. What what is God commanding of me or others or the church, um, or what is He promising me? What good news is here? Uh, what am I being told that's different than the world? Uh, what commands and promises are being made known? And then lastly, it's it's the application. Uh, well, what does this all mean? What's the point? Uh, what does this mean for me in my day-to-day life? Uh, that's a really great kind of starter way 
to get into studying Scripture. Uh, if you're just wanting to, to start a Bible study of your own, those are one, two, three, four, five questions that you can simply walk through and ask as you uh, read Scripture with a friend. Um, it, it's something that I do with uh, St. Peter's here. Every, every Sunday we take the lectionary readings, so the three readings that are in worship, um, and a lot of times folks read them ahead of time, and they kind of have questions that they want to ask and whatnot, and we pick one of the readings, and we slowly walk through it. We slowly walk through what stuck out to us, what questions do we have, how does this passage relate to Christ, the pers- the work person and nature of him, what commands and promises are being made known here, and then, well, what's the point of all this? What? How does this affect our day-to-day lives, whether it's um, explicitly or implicitly. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of getting into the weeds. That's a way that you can study Scripture. Um, uh, and to remember, no matter how you study Scripture, if you find another method, if you, if you uh, do it in another way, always remember to do it um, uh, in context, oh, just remember that there is context that you are that you are reading. Um, to do it in community, always seek other thoughts on what you are reading. Uh, the you know the classic saying you, you know we stand on the shoulders of giants. Well, there's been some giants who have studied scripture, uh, and then uh, last but not least, study scripture always in Christ. It's about him. He is connected throughout the entire thing. And what Christ is going to show you is that he has come and he has died for you and he is resurrected and he is Lord over all things and he is going to come back once again. Uh, and that is awesome. We can never hear that. We can never read that. We can never, never study that enough. All right. Well, that's uh, just my real quick way of um, how to study the Bible. Uh, please continue to send in your questions to bluecollarlutherans at outlook.com. Again, that's bluecollarlutherans at outlook.com. Toodaloo, folks!